the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial again I will do my very best to give you information that you hopefully can use to get you to retirement. Sometimes the content's better than others, and it is what it is, right? Um, One of the areas that I see in 2019 is very interesting space of investing would be gaming, video games. As best as I can tell, there's five companies right now that want to get into video games business bigger than they currently are. Every major tech company is listed on this list. Apple, Amazon, Google. I guess that's not everyone, but you get the idea. We're moving towards 5G, and as we move towards 5G, video games should become better. Movies on services like Netflix should become faster and easier. High-quality 4K streams might be possible. I don't know about that yet. Haven't seen the data. But every major tech company, and there's an interesting acquisition idea that I have that I'll get to as this segment kind of unfolds. Future of gaming is not going to be consoles, although they are starting to talk about the the next Xbox, the next Sony PlayStation. Um, It's not going to be the high-powered, like, do you know those are loss leaders? I think that's worthy of talking about for just a second. When Microsoft unleashes an Xbox or a PlayStation, they lose money. The hardware is so high-end, so high-tech, that they're saying, okay, what's the price point? 600 that people will pay for a video game console? So let's make, let's use $800 a part, sell it for 600 and then license to the video game makers, and we'll make our money if people buy two, three, or four video games. That's one of the reasons you'll you see bundles now. So when Xbox comes out with a Minecraft bundle or a Fortnite bundle, you might get a special joystick that costs them almost nothing to produce. But more importantly, you're getting a game. And the games have high profit margins when they're being licensed. So Steam is a company that I got to see on vacation once. They took all their employees to a five-star resort in Hawaii. So you're like, okay, I got that. I got that. So if there's that kind of money being made, companies like Netflix, maybe not Netflix, but maybe, um, companies like Amazon go, okay, streaming video games is going to be a thing. We recently heard Apple say, we got a big surprise in 2019, and everyone automatically assumes it's going to be a video streaming service, so you can watch Seinfeld or something. Maybe not. Maybe it's going to be a video game service. The music subscription service, Apple has 50 million subscribers paying 10 bucks. You do the math. They've got a user base of over 1.4 billion total devices, over 900 million phones. So there's a lot of room to grow. 
especially since they could do free serve, free trials and things, right? Not exactly kill themselves in the process because you have the device in your hand. So the vision that I'm referring to is often you know, made shorthand, the Netflix of video gaming. In 2019, nearly every major tech company is working on a version of such a service, each hoping to establish itself as the de facto standard in video games streaming services. So I know, I know you're thinking Mario, right? You're thinking Donkey Kong. Right? Right. So anyway, the first company that I want to talk about is Amazon. If you play any Fortnite, and it seems like most of America is on some level, 200 million active users, right? Um, if you think about it, you'll see something, you'll see gamers with the name TTV. So it may be TTV Rob Black. And it stands for Twitch TV, which Amazon figured out very early on. Let's buy this service and we'll see people watching people play video games, right? We're people watching people play video games. So there's a guy named Tyler Ninja Blevins or something like that. Don't quote me, okay? But he's got hundreds and thousands of followers, millions of followers. So whenever he plays a game, Twitch TV will activate you, will contact you, and say, hey, Ninja's getting ready to play. Ninja's getting ready to play. So the gaming companies get really excited because he has a built-in audience. He dyes his hair. He's pretty cool. He's nice and generous to the young kids. It's pretty innocent stuff. He's been on Ellen. So you know this guy's big, right? Uh, he's on Jimmy Kimmel all the time playing Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, but Twitch TV was live streaming video games, and you could watch people play. And for instance, I grew up on video games, and I don't necessarily want to play the video games, but I want to see where the technology is going and the storytelling. It's a multi, it's a bigger business than movies. It's huge. So Amazon has Twitch TV, so they already have a lot of data going, already figuring a lot of stuff out. And they have Amazon Web Services. And as the internet gets faster, they're going to be able to put games on their service, and you'll play them directly. That's the idea. But let's say, let's say you get tired of playing a game, and you're like, uh, I don't want to have $60 for another game. That's where the service kicks in. They'll probably be $120 a year. So instead of just buying one game a year, you're really buying two games, but you're renting them and playing them online. You get the idea, right? So Amazon is working on a Netflix-like service for playing games. According to leaked information, the new service from Amazon will reportedly allow players to stream games rather than having to buy and download individual titles. Amazon is said to be discussing potential games for the new service with game publishers, but it sounds like plans are still early. So this service may not hit in 2019. It may be 2020. Now, again, you already know, like, Disney's trying to come up with a service to compete with Netflix, with all of Disney's movies and Captain America and Star Wars and Pixar films. They've got a pretty good content library, right? So Amazon doesn't have the content of video games yet, but they're working on it. Amazon's one of the few tech companies with cloud computing infrastructure already in place, so it would be very, very easy to pull off. Verizon isn't on the game. Like the company that you pay for your smartphone with. Well, Verizon could say, well, for 60 bucks a month, you get unlimited data and text. For 70 bucks a month, you get unlimited data, text, and video games. It's not crazy. So it's thrillingly called, are you ready for this? Are you sitting down? Verizon service for video games is called Verizon Gaming. Uh, that's a little underwhelming. 
Um, and what they're trying to do is try to give you an NVIDIA seal shield set-top box, a wireless Xbox One gamepad, and software that gives you access to Verizon Gaming Service. Uh, images of the service have been leaked, and there's surprisingly large library of games that are otherwise only available on game consoles such as PlayStation 4, Blockbuster, God of War. So Verizon's licensed God of War. I never played God of War. I heard great things about it. Maybe one day I'll test it. That's not so bad, right? So Apple's working on a service. So we've got Amazon, Verizon, and Apple. Apple has yet to officially announce this. But there's a company called Cheddar, which is kind of a small tech TV kind of thing going out. And they said it's going to be subscription-based, just like Netflix. It's in the early stages. Uh, they could very well get canned. But, you know, maybe Apple never developed this. Like, Apple was supposed to have wireless charging at this point. Still don't have it. Um, Apple already has a set-top box in households all over the world with Apple TV. They've got iPhones. They've got iPads. Again, 1.4 billion things. Now, the question is, will Apple be able to convince people to subscribe to a service that are, you know, from games in their app store? My kids will get an app, and it drives you crazy, right? Why not just throw it into the monthly fee? Anyhow, and anyway, you can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter at Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'll talk more gaming news right around the corner. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. The number one mistake people say they make with their... Retirement, not investing in a 401k. If you're not investing in your 401k, there's a very good chance you're going to work till the day you die. If you're not investing in your 401k, 403b, or 457, there's a very good chance you're going to experience poverty in retirement. I don't pity you. I've warned you. Next big financial mistake people make that they admit to is not having an emergency fund. Boy, it stinks having an emergency fund. you got cash laying around, and you're like, I want a TV. But it's for an emergency. It's not for a TV. I want a down payment on a car. No, no, it's to fix your car when it breaks, not to get a new car. Further, taking a look at the top mistakes people make is not contributing enough money to a 401k to get the company match. I don't get it. There's a beautiful traffic person here at Crod who's, when I say beautiful, I'm typically talking younger. And uh, she's 40. And uh, she's looking for ways to improve her income without actually investing. So she's looking for things like businesses at home and situations like that. Having a low credit score, big financial mistake people admit to. That's number four on the list. Number five on the list is keeping financial secrets from their spouse or the partner. Number six, not taking the time to understand investing. Number seven, not starting to IRA. Number eight, borrowing from your 401k before retirement. <laughs> See too many people do that and it's a mistake. Again, I'm not very religious when I say this, but it's like stealing from Peter to pay Paul. Your retirement's your retirement. Your retirement is not an emergency fund. Your retirement is not a deposit on a house. Well, maybe I am more religious than I thought. <laughs> anyway, I think that's um, I think that's a telling one. So anyhow and anyway, Apple came out with a quarter that was a pretty good quarter. Um, depends on how you look at it, though, to be quite honest with you. And what I mean by that is they're up, they're having a great run right now, up 8%, 9% for the day. It's a response 
to better than expected fiscal third quarter earnings and fourth quarter earning guidance, as well as revenue guidance. Plus, we get the rate cut today from the Fed. That's kind of going in on everything right now. Ton of earnings news since yesterday's close. Uh, most of it better than expected per usual. You're seeing good results from General Electric. Downside, though, from advanced micro devices. Uh, that one has me interested. I'll be honest. I can't buy or sell it now for the next three days because I just said that one has me interested. But it has me interested in large part because next year we get the new Microsoft Xbox. Next year we get the new Sony PlayStation. And they were the first to 7 nanometer technology in video game cards. And they're doing well in servers as well. But they're gaining market share from NVIDIA. The question is, what does NVIDIA have up its sleeve? And so far, it has been less than effective. It's almost as if AMD comes out with a better product finally, and it's kind of a ta-da moment, and NVIDIA says, what are we going to do? We didn't think that was coming. So they take their last card, which was a good card. At one point in time, it was a great card. It became a good card when AMD came out with a great card. And NVIDIA puts on some lipstick on that pig and says, hey, look, this good card's almost a great card. Sometimes it's boosting the DRAM. Sometimes it's boosting the speed. Sometimes it's adding, you know, another gig or two here or there. But the revolution isn't inside the chips themselves. It's just adding more of them. So that's out there. So I'm interested in AMD because I think they have a lot of good press releases the next year, probably next three or four years. In large part, when Microsoft sells Xboxes, they tend to go for about five years. And they tend not to say, okay, let's gut this semiconductor and put this one in. They stick with the orders. Same thing with Sony, by the way. So there's... Chairman Powell today at 11 Pacific time. That's kind of going to be a story, and it'll change the direction of the market. Is it one and done? Is it two? Two cuts? Is it one with another expecting one? It's what's in the wording. So 25 basis points, and they say we're done, and the market does not like that. 50 basis points, and they say we're done. Maybe the market likes that. But 25 and saying we're they're probably cut in the future. Market will probably tend to like that. But again, this is way, 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 way speculative. Because it's a lot of this stuff is built into the cake, so to speak. S&P 500 is up 20.2% for the year. The home that I live in, for all you jerks out there who are like, home's best investment. It's not an investment. It's a great liability. If you can afford the cash flow and you have a job. Um, but the stock market's up 20% for the year. My home isn't up... My home is up 0% in the last three years. In fact, it's down about 4 or 5%. And I live in one of the most desirable zip codes in the, in the world, in the nation. I won't say world. Uh, don't you like it when I do things like that off, call, off, uh, off point, so to speak? So, <clears throat> we have a little bit of China in the news today. U.S. and China. The trade talks. There's an article in the Wall Street Journal today basically saying Shanghai is basically going to wait it out. They don't expect a deal from Shanghai until they see if Trump's going to be reelected or not. The funny thing is, is they got Trump right now, and Trump wants to do business with them. Democrats across the board want American jobs to stay in America. And it won't be as conducive to a, a world that Trump's offering them as far as deals go. In theory, Obama expanded trade with China, but... Warren and Sanders, would, it's expected that they would cut deals with China, uh, no, no deals with China. 
too early to say what Kamala Harris would do. And I don't know if I hit the front runners there or not. Don't get mad at me if I didn't hit your favorite candidate. But those seem to be the three in the news. I'm not a politician, and I don't have a lot of political heft. SP 500 is up 20.2% for the year. That's not too bad. Some believe a rate cut is completely unnecessary because of that. Some people look at the jobs report and say it's completely unnecessary. But in theory, the Fed's got kind of like these tea leaves that they're reading, seeing some changes, and there's no inflation, so they can kind of cut rates. The ADP employment change report showed an estimated 156,000 positions were added to private sector payrolls in July. Today we get the Fed rate news. Friday we get the job news. Last night we got Apple news. Apple's past trillion dollar valuation again. They delivered concrete positive proof that there is life beyond the iPhone. The iPhone has accounted for less than half of Apple's total revenue for the first time since 2012. Thanks to new hardware like the Apple Watch as well as the uh, App Store as well as the iPods as well as the services that they're throwing out there with music and going after Spotify. Apple did nice. So, and uh, they're buying back a lot of shares, 5% typically per year, 5 to 6%. And that helps to financially engineer a company that's doubled in the last five years. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I do my very, very best to try to do a good show for you, to try to keep you entertained, infotained. Some days are going to be better than others. That just comes with the territory. Um, if there's anything you ever want me to talk about, let me know. I'm here for you in theory, and I will do my very, very best to show you that. Um, I try to bring up concepts of stock investing to help you kind of make up for the lack that you're not financially educated. Or maybe you're more financially educated than me, but you just need kind of a new, fresh perspective. Like, for instance, um, when I see Disney making seven-plus billion dollars off remakes. I go, what are the remakes coming along? And they've got a remake of James the Giant Peach. Eh, boring. Hunchback of Notre Dame. Eh, boring. Genie. No. Pinocchio. Maybe. Peter Pan could be. Lilo and Stitch. No. Prince Charming. No. Maybe. Rose Red. I don't know that one. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. <laughs> In this day and age, could a princess really live with seven men? I don't think so. Um, how is Disney going to approach that topic? The Jungle Book 2, The Little Mermaid. Maybe a live action Little Mermaid could, could sell some tickets. Tink, which I'm hoping is short for Tinkerbell, because Tink and another um, use not exactly very Disney friendly, if you know what I mean. So stocks in the news today. Spotify posted a wider than expected loss for its latest quarter, but revenue exceeded estimates. The only re- way I see Spotify really thriving is if they win a court case against Apple. They reported a 29% jump in monthly active users and a 30% increase in premium subscribers compared to a year ago. Um, but to me, they have to get away from that. There's too many iPhones out there. And again, there's more Google Android phones than there are iPhones. But they got to stop paying Google and, and Apple to be on their platform. They got to move towards the Netflix model of saying, you come to us, not go through them. Uh, or they have to win court cases that say, you know, these guys are basically monopolies and they're charging too much money for access to their devices. 
and the consumers are hurt. So it's it's hilarious to think that Apple's biggest competitor in Apple Music is Spotify, and they get a thirty percent cut every time of Spotify someone subscribes through Apple's platform, iTunes. I, to me, that's hilarious. Ha 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 ha! Molson Coors, the beer brewer. Um, thank you very much. Thank you very much. I wouldn't wash my car with Molson Coors beer. <laughs> it's that watered down. It's more water than it is beer. Um, but they missed earnings expectations. Thank you very much, everyone. I'll be here all week. Don't forget to try the veal. It's delicious. Who doesn't love little baby cow? And to tip your waiters and waitresses, or in this case, your producers. Um, revenue missed forecast hurt by unfavorable weather. Ooh, what? I know. Cold weather rain could stop people from drinking beer outside during the summery months. But also unfavorable weather could affect crops. Last winter, we had a lot of snow. This spring, we had a lot of rain. Um, what does the crop situation look like? I don't own Molson Coors. I wanted to own Molson Coors. And to me, it's just, it's one of those, there's too many darn stocks in the world. You're darn tootin' there are. So when you come to a Molson Coors, you're like, no, 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 no. Oh. Elsewhere, ADP, they do payrolls. You've probably heard of ADP commercials, or if you have a small business, you probably know of ADP. Sometimes you're in a big business, and you see those ADP on your paychecks. They're a payroll processing company. They beat forecasts. They're kind of a reflection of the U.S. economy. If the U.S. economy is doing well, people get more paychecks. Right? Gilead Sciences, this is the kind of a cancer company in biotech. They're the dominant player. Uh, they received them in Roche. Uh, revenue came in above expectations on their quarter. This is earnings season. Next week will be less of earnings season. This is the peak of earnings season. Gilead Sciences got an improved boost to their earnings from sales of HIV treatments. That's kind of morbid, isn't it? I want drug companies to make money because the more money they make, the more likely they're going to invest in R&D to save my life down the road. I know you're saying, screw them. They make too much money. Trump's actually looking into importing drugs from Canada for the U.S., which... What's wrong with that picture? Uh, the Great White North. Electronic Arts reported adjusted quarterly profit of 19 cents a share compared to expectations of one penny. That is blowing away the number. EA got a boost from the success of Apex Legends, which helped drive nearly a 20% increase in revenue from the company's live services. Um, Battle Royale, made famous by Fortnite. Electronic Arts says, oh, yeah? We got some fancy designers here. We can do a battle royale game, and Apex Legends is underwhelmed compared to the, the ongoing success. But a lot of people feel that Fortnite's getting a little stale, which is interesting because tomorrow they they announce season ten, and it's got some sort of time travel thing tied towards it. Which again, for one more time before I quit this topic, um, the World Series of Fortnite, the very first one they did, uh, came to a conclusion this last weekend. And it wasn't bad. As far as sports numbers go, the first ever Fortnite World Cup finals attracted comparable attention in dollars that traditional events get. So this is legit, as my friend MC Hammer once said. Too legit. Too legit to quit. But last weekend, Epic Games hosted the first ever Fortnite World Cup finals in New York City. A couple friends of mine attended. Fortnite's got 250 million players worldwide in under two years. It's so successful. 
because of its highly engaging nature, which includes almost weekly updates and rollouts of new features. Uh, my kids are not addicted, but they're into it. The developer Epic made $1.2 billion off Fortnite in 2018 alone, making it the first free game to pull in a billion dollars in its first year. So Epic said, let's take some of that money and put it into prize money for qualifiers and finals. And it's giving back to the fervent community on some levels, if you think about it. And that creates a little bit more love. So the three-day event pulled in 20 million streams. Super Bowl, Super Bowl gets 100 million in the United States. And we consider that huge. Right? Now, they didn't do ads or, or commercials for their 20 million people. They could have. It pulled in 16,000 in-person viewers, which is kind of like going to a hockey game, right? Or a football. Uh, not a football game. Football games, stadiums are bigger. I, I, hockey or basketball? Live TV viewership of NFL games pull in about 15.8 million viewers. This pulled in 20 million. That's not bad. That, that, that smacks you of concept, right? Anyway, I don't know. If you think this is going away, you are insane in the membrane. Insane in the brain! Now, more and more kids are getting e-scholarships to play sports in colleges. That's the next evolution of this, people think, because... NBA teams have already started putting together, and NFL teams have already started putting together teams where they pay these kids sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year just to play the game year round and to represent them, perhaps at events promoting the real thing. So you get the idea there. Um, uh, let's take a quick look at the market, see how we're doing. Keep in mind again, the day's going to change when the Federal Reserve announces their their action. Hmm. Let's see. Trump is kind of... Nah, I don't want to talk about Trump. Markets are down. The Nasdaq's up, probably on the strength of Apple alone. U.S. record debt sales continue. Hmm. This is worthy of note. <clears throat> or do you want me to talk about Apple Card? So Apple Pay was one of the highlights of the quarter. Do you use Apple Pay? It's now available at 60 plus percent of merchants in America. It was announced way, 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 in 2014. And... Recently, they announced a plastic credit card. Maybe it'll be made of titanium or something cool because Apple's that way. But they're kind of starting to talk about the two working together. A lot of people think that Apple Pay is not that popular. Um, but it's actually doing very, very well. It's making, it's making PayPal look weak and slow. So it's going to be something you continue on to understand. And I've been playing with a new Apple software. I've got version 5 now of iOS 13. And it does a really nice, and I'm not going to say a really nice job, it's getting way better than simple as far as it tells you things like, oh, you should pay down your balance. Um, you can send money to friends. You can spend money in stores. And it shows you all the different ways that you could use Apple Pay. Um, so they're integrating it, obviously, into the software, but they're also going to be integrating a credit card, and they're also doing the, the pay at the pump, the pay at the kiosk kind of thing. So things are starting to scale there. So I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't forget to check out the new website, newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Hey, everyone. It's me, Rob Black. Talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. I look at my holdings, and the holdings that I feel comfortable talking about are blue chip holdings. I've got other holdings, but I can't talk about them because they're not appropriate for grandma, nor may they be appropriate for little orphan Annie. So I try not to ever hurt people, if that makes any sense. But 
on a regular basis, I talk about Nike. I talk about Starbucks. I talk about Disney. I talk about Apple. I talk about Google, Facebook, Netflix, Amazon. Those are all blue chip kind of companies. Some of them are younger than others. Some of them are older than others. Some of them are more mature. Some of them are less mature. Some of them have tricks up their sleeves. Some of them don't. That's not a bad portfolio to start with. You don't need a FireEye, even though FireEye has something to do with super security. And you see Capital One blow it and get hacked. And you're like, we need super security. Someone's going to come up with the best security ever, probably in a garage in Palo Alto. And they're going to make a kajillion dollars. But there's too many people working on that. And that bothers me a little bit. I can do you no harm. That's in my nature. Warren Buffett talks about the number one mistake parents make when talking to their kids about money. It's so funny. I've got a friend who uh, Stanford teaches a class where you can take your kids and dad and son can sit there and learn all about the birds and the bees. And I'm like, a friend of mine's like, hey, you want to do that with me? I'm like, no, my kid already knows he can get pregnant by a, city, uh, by a female sitting on a toilet. He's fine. He needs. He knows everything that he needs. He knows everything. That, yeah, it's not, I think that's about right. So my mom actually thought she could get pregnant sitting on a toilet when she was like 17 years old. I know, right? My mom comes from the deep south. And uh, that's just what I'm going to tell my kids. So t- tell your girlfriends not to sit on a toilet. Because I don't want to have that talk. True story, by the way. So that's a true story on my mother. Um, now, before he became CEO of Berkshire Hathaway, Warren Buffett started a lot of small businesses. Starting at the age of six, he had purchased a six-pack of Coke for 25 cents. He sold each can for a nickel. He made five cents on 25 cents. He did that with magazines. He did that with gum. He went door to door. He said that his dad was his greatest inspiration. He said that I learned at an early age was to have the right habits early. Saving was an important lesson he taught me. When asked what he thinks about the biggest mistake parents make today, Warren Buffett said, sometimes parents wait until their kids are in their teens before starting to talk about managing money when they should be starting when their kids are in preschool. Whoa! The greatest investor of all time teaching preschoolers? That would be a movie that no one would go see. But it would be a movie. When do you want to start talking to your kids about the birds and the bees? When do you want to start talking to your kids about money? In 2011, Buffett helped launch a children's animated series called The Secret Millionaires Club, which was kind of creepy. 26 episodes in the show. Each one tackles a financial lesson, such as how a credit card works or why it's important to track where you put your money. He said he did that. He wants you to teach your kids to be flexible thinkers, to encourage your kids not to give up just because something doesn't work the first time. I like that. Go to an art museum with your kids and discuss the different styles of each painting. Then invite them to paint something of their own. Have them brainstorm different tools. Beside us, paintbrush, you can use sponges, you can use cotton swabs, you can use fingers. How to start saving money. Give your kids two money jars, one for savings and one for spending. Each time they receive money, talk to them about how they're going to put it in between savings and spending. It's not rocket science. It's kind of like teaching your kids about the birds and bees. If you have a good open dialogue with them, it shouldn't be awkward. But then again, I've been in many adult relationships with, with a financial, with a sugar booger. And talking money is difficult for them, not for me. I'm one of those guys that somehow, some way, some shape, some form, I dated someone who helped me get over all shaming issues, body shaming, fat shaming, all that kind of stuff. Like when it used to be like business time, like love time, I'd be like, I'm just going to keep my shirt on. She's like, take it off. And uh, kind of opened me up to like cut shame out. And you need to cut shame out with money too. It, it's really, really good if you do that. Uh, and turn the lights on. See all the warts. See all the... Ways things shake and, and move in life. Um, I think it'll do you good. And uh, 
kill the shame. So he talked about, Warren Buffett talked about when talking to kids about money, like before you go to the supermarket, look at, you know, check the flyers right before you walk in and see if there anything's on sale. Like this apple's on sale, a Macintosh apple. And yet the Red Delicious is not. The Granny Smith is not. So you go, hey, kid, well, we, I guess we're going to get this apple versus those two because this one's on sale. I like that. I, I think it's never too early. And again, that comes with everything. Um, your looks are only going to get you so far in life. You've got to start practicing things, um, especially focusing on, on accomplishing something. Uh, Buffett suggests modeling good decision-making skills and talking to your kids about your decisions as you make them, as well as any resulting domino effect. I've got a friend who has a McLaren, and he just got fired. Well, he got let go from Uber, but because of Uber, he bought a $200,000 vehicle. Um, my last car went 180,000 miles before I gave it away. Uh, my current car will probably go 200000 and it's a truck, and it's not a McLaren. It's not a 200000 It's not a 100000 It's a $40,000 truck, which for me was luxurious. So I got the leather seats. I know you're saying leather seats in a truck. Well, yeah, I know. That's kind of one of my, my flaws. Uh, I drive a lot, so I want to be comfortable. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.